0: I don't know. I mean, like the the moment where the, you know the Mandalorian is fighting the whatever the the rhinoceros looking thing, um, and the baby Yoda basically saves his ass. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, and I enjoyed that moment in particular. Like just seeing, but that's what I'm saying. Is like he looks like this super cute thing, but just like Anakin, right, could immediately turn out to be evil like this evil little piece of crap that ends up destroying the galaxy and you never
1: know yeah I, um, yeah I don't have a I don't have that much thought put into it it's kind of like I'm trying to figure out where the show's going Um, it's like a bunch of short stories and I'm not really invested in that it's you know you have the beginning of the story some random problem that you would never expect and then a solution at the end, every time. Everything seems to always work out. And it's really kind of, like, it's losing me there. It's exciting to see more of the Star Wars universe, but I, I really don't care. It's, it's not capturing my attention. Yeah. But I'm, watching, I'm watching it because I feel like I've invested so much time in it. I mean, I guess I can
0: understand that. And I I agree that it is cool to see more of the Star Wars galaxy outside of the movies and the cartoons and other stuff that I've seen previously. Um, You know, I like I guess I get the need for everything to be very episodic. Like, I'm with you in that it does seem kind of convenient that everything it's like an episode of 24 where everything wraps up within an hour. You know, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, oh, well we've got 24 minutes before this bomb goes off. Like, of course, because that's when the end of the episode is like, so then you, you always kind of know what's coming. And I feel like to some degree with the Mandalorian, it's the same, you know, like, Oh, okay, well it's about an hour. So this is where things are going to start to wrap up. And, um, it would be kind of nice to see some more overarching storylines maybe between episodes, but I mean, I've enjoyed what I've watched so far. I don't have too many complaints. Um, yeah. So especially, I mean, that's really like the first you know Disney Plus series that they've done. That's so. all they've got. Well, it's all—it's literally all they've got. Like, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I honestly like I wouldn't have Disney Plus right now probably if it weren't for Verizon because you get like a free year of it.
1: Same with me. And like, so, yeah, will see what happens
0: good. next year. I'm I'm assuming they'll have more stuff, uh, you know, ready for next year. Their app is garbage though. Like I'm I can't stand it. Their search function is terrible. The algorithm sucks.
1: Like, I don't know. I'll say this: I think DC has done a better job, and they've got a better product um, than Disney does right now. Like, the way they spaced out their shows, I think that that was a winning plus. It was like every week you get a new episode, and you kind of you knew when Titans were coming on. When Titans finished this season, you had. Harley Quinn, which was it's actually kind of cool. Um, Disney's like, all right, cool, Mandalorian, and that's it. Like I've seen every movie. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, was the DC the D-
0: DC doesn't have their own streaming platform? They do. They do.
1: Yeah, it's and it's fantastic. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I was not aware. I, I yeah. did not realize that. Now they didn't have the
1: all the well they had. But that should tell you something. The- I've never heard of it. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, they, apparently they didn't do a good job marketing. Right? <laughs> no. So a bunch of comic book readers are like, yeah, I'm totally going to get it. And I did. Everybody else is like, what? Yeah. Uh, I'd never heard of this. I did not know this was a thing. It's totally a thing. I think as far as content, they've got better content um, because it's, well, I'm waiting for Disney's Marvel stuff to get out and about. I, I don't, I don't, I like Star Wars. I'm not a big Star Wars like fan. I've never read any of the books. Um I don't care that much it's like it's enjoyable to watch i love sci-fi but i'm not going to be like oh i'm totally going to read every no not going to read the books um not going to happen
0: yeah it, it takes a lot to get me to read a book i'll be honest like yeah there's been a few yeah. books in my life that i've really enjoyed but outside of that uh i don't i don't spend uh, a lot of my time nose deep in a book game of thrones is one of the few series that i really because once I got, like, three books in, you're, you're committed, so you might as well just finish
1: it up. But... Yeah, but it probably leaves you like the last season of the show did, where it's like... <laughs> well,
0: I mean, with Game of Thrones, like, the thing is, there's only five or six books that have been released so far. I think five. And so it's only maybe through, I think, season four, maybe four and a half of the TV show of what's been in the book so far.
1: Okay. Well, so the TV there's... show made me not want to read the book. Oh no! I mean, and, and that's <laughs> where a lot of
0: people are. Uh, I I read primarily because I wanted to know what was going to happen before it happened.
1: Yeah, that's the complete opposite of why you would watch a show. Yeah. Like, well, like... no,
0: because I knew, be, because I knew people who had read the book, and I hadn't read the book they were always kind of sitting there going like "Ooh, you just wait until you see what happens and so i wanted to be that person for once i wanted to be the person who kind of knew what some of the larger plot points were that were going to be coming up but then to see how the show did it differently than the books was kind of was was i guess my my primary point
1: yeah forgive me for saying i don't like that um an application of knowledge um it kind of pisses me off <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> It's like I sat down and watched uh, Jay Lee was telling me uh, Jack Ryan was a good show on Amazon. I'm like, okay. I enjoyed, uh, I read Patriot games years ago and I saw the movie after the book and I was like, well, I didn't really do that justice and um, really like the character. So I started watching this show on Amazon. Fantastic show. But the problem is again, you kind of know what's going to happen. The only difference with, with Jack Ryan is that you, you, you follow the whole story, the whole plot throughout the season, which mm-hmm. is kind of dope. I'm like, okay, I can, I can deal with that, but can we leave Venezuela? Like, you know, I just want... Can we they leave left. Venezuela? <laughs> <laughs> it's, this is too close to home. Like, this stuff is actually happening. I know people from Venezuela, and it's like, you know, that's cool, but I don't really, like... It, it's a great show, right? And I still see uh, the, the... What's John? Whatever... K-, K something. John Krasinski. Yeah, he needs to change his last name. Wow, that's um, uh, Well, it's not. I don't want to butcher his last name, so I, you know, whatever. John yeah. Krasinski.
0: No, I mean, yeah, you're fine. Just
1: yeah. Go on. <laughs> it's like make it more pronounceable. Um, uh, he went to London during the middle of the, of the season, which was kind of dope. Um, great show really big fan um, love the stories very modern conflicts which is kind of a challenge for me because the books are written so long ago and it just kind of makes me have to you know respect the fact they have to translate it to you know current issues like the you know Middle Eastern conflicts as opposed to the Cold War which you know whatever, Yeah, Uh, I haven't watched
0: any of that, so I don't have a lot to comment. The only thing I will say is that I have such a hard time seeing John Krasinski in anything that is in The Office. Like he played Jim for so long, and I watched. I still like watch The Office, so I always am always reminded of him as Jim, and so I always am kind of when I see him, I'm just waiting for him to turn to the camera and give that Jim look you know that's
1: like I keep, i'm watching like it's jim like he can't be like this action hero guy and when not start yet working like
0: he needs there, there needs to be something else to separate him from that like he needs to go super dark in something and i guess like he thought he probably thought that he did with um what was it the the movie where you can't make any noise oh quiet or something a quiet place yeah, oh, yeah. i never that watched a- that either so that's yeah, on my list of things to watch but scary Excuse movies aren't really my bag it
1: wasn't really scary was yeah that's what i, I thought
0: oh, so it's suspenseful i guess like
1: yeah it's like okay um and i i kind of thought dude where's uh gosh the girl from the office what's pam. her name pam yeah um pam. i'm a yeah <laughs> so, so for anybody that's wondering what's going on here chris and i have been friends for like what five four five years so we'll call it five five five's a good even number yeah um, and we're, we're we've we worked together and that's how we met and we've become really you know really close best friends over the years and bosom least, buddies you might say yeah people would always say you guys eat lunch together like, it's this real bromance. I'm like, yeah, we no longer work together, but we still have these conversations. We'll meet each other for lunch and just talk about whatever. Um, so if you're wondering what's happening, these are the Chris and Andre conversations and the things that kind of go through our heads. Um, and the, and the it,
0: random ways that we weave from one topic to another. <laughs> so. Please forgive us if you find it hard to follow along. And I wouldn't recommend skipping around inside this
1: podcast. <laughs> You'll have no idea what we're talking about. Mandalorian in the office. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know, but it did. Um, he's from California. Yep. I am not. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I mean we're we're
0: which is so funny because we really are like opposite opposite ends of the world almost, or at least the the American world because I grew up in Northern California and you grew up in New York,
1: like yeah.
0: But and I, I I try not to hold that against you. Well, I I try to ignore all your hippie stuff. Yeah, um. well, says the guy who almost went full vegan and is now <laughs> like, well, I'm just gonna be a vegetarian so I can still eat my <laughs> eggs and bacon in the morning. Like, I have vegan eggs, I have vegan bacon. But I understand, I do. I mean, like I said, I have my guilty pleasures still when it comes to eating vegan. But, um, you know, I've the key for me was finding the proper substitutes. Um, so. I was very excited when I tried my first vegan BLT the other day and it was actually really good.
1: All right, so we just had a conversation last night because like I'm I have no more cold cuts in my house. Mm-hmm. And like my lunch sandwich has been like peanut butter and jelly, which is not bad. It's a nice American like uh staple. Yeah. But I'm thinking like am I going to eat like a tomato and lettuce sandwich? I don't think that's gonna be a thing. I've gotta figure something out because that doesn't sound, number one, appealing.
0: Nope. But see, that's, and that's where I think not, that's where I think a lot of people kinda, they box themselves in because instead of focusing on trying to make what it was that you had before, minus like the meat, right? Cause that's where, that's where it's like lettuce and tomato. And then you'd have a bunch of meat and some condiments and that's your sandwich, right? Like, yeah. so Sunday I took like pe- bell peppers, uh, asparagus, broccoli, cauliflower, onions, garlic, um, zucchini, like literally every vegetable I could find in my house. I chopped it up. I threw it in a bowl with some olive oil, a little bit of salt and pepper, and I roasted them, um, for like half an hour and got them just really nice and kind of crispy, full of flavor. And actually, this was yesterday. This wasn't Sunday. Um, All because I wanted to make myself a sandwich. Like, (laughs) I was driving around doing these errands and I really wanted a sandwich. But, and I was kind of thinking, like, well, I could go to Jimmy John's and I could get a sandwich. You know, Subway, I've had their Veggie Delight. Like, that's not bad. I could do that. But I just was like, no, I really want like roasted vegetables is what I want on my sandwich. And so I roasted all these vegetables. I took a sub roll cut it in half, toasted it a little bit at first, put some veggies on there. I've got the, um, was it follow your heart pepper Jack cheese, uh, which is, you know, dairy free vegan, very tasty. Uh, put a slice of that on top, throw it back in the toaster oven and melt that. And then put this, um, green, it's like an avocado lime sauce that I made for these black bean, uh, tacos that I made the other night and put that on there Oh, with some, uh, fresh, uh, baby spinach. Holy shit, dude, like that sandwich was filling delicious and it didn't like, I wasn't missing the meat, you know, All right. like, it, it, to me, it didn't feel like it was missing because it, it had those charred little bits from the roasted vegetables It had tons of different textures and flavors because of, I had so many different veggies and everything mixed in that sauce though, that avocado lime sauce is
1: so freaking delicious. I, I think the thing is with meat, it's not really the meat because meat really has no flavor if you're being honest with Mm -hmm. yourself it's just the 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 taste profile right the chewing of the meat it's not like oh that was great turkey it's just that the turkey with everything else made you you know and everything else you ate made you full um and like yesterday i had a bean burrito went out to lunch with uh with with paul and (laughs) like we went to armadillos in downtown yep i was like okay cool you know um because what are you gonna get? I said just gonna get a bean burrito. And it was great. Like I I didn't feel like I wanted steak and my burrito or anything like that. I was like, no, this is good. Um and like I like I told him, I subconsciously haven't been eating meat in like three weeks and so I just said notice. I'm like, dude, I haven't been eating meat. It's not like I consciously just oh I'm not gonna eat meat, meat's fat. Just like I don't want it. It's just like I just don't really crave meat. Um and we watched the game changers. I'm like, oh, it's not really that healthy for you either.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I I don't, like, okay, I really don't. It's like, eh, there are some things like a steak. I want a steak. So I found a couple of, like, uh, vegan, Satan, like that. They, they should change the name of that. Um, Satan not Steaks. Or <laughs> <laughs> really make sure people can all pronounce it the right way. Um, <laughs> Like, I'm not eating Satan. That's just not going to happen. Mm, um, delicious Satan. <laughs> good old Satan. Um, and w- so I found a, a couple of steak recipes. I'm like, I'm going to give that a try, you know? Be- and when you look at the texture of the food, it's like, that's it. It's it's the chewiness of meat, which, which is what you're really kind of like thinking, and the flavor of however you marinate your steak. Oh. I'm like, that's that's super cool. I can do that. My my wife wants, like, she loves chaletas or pork chops. Mm-hmm. So for her, like giving up pork chops is going to be a big thing. We happen to be looking through YouTube at this uh, shout out to veggie rose on YouTube. Um, she's Puerto Rican and guess what? Puerto Rican or a lot of Hispanics like to eat will So she's got this great recipe for like, you know, fake um, pork chops. My wife's like totally going to make that. <laughs> so yeah. it's really dope. It's like, Oh, it's cool. So it's, it's really the flavors that you, the mixture of the flavors and seasonings that you, that you enjoy. Meat's probably is. It, it probably helps the flavors. I don't think it's the main thing that people want to eat. No, I bad? mean,
0: you think, like, how much time do you spend seasoning and marinating and doing all this stuff to meat in order to eat it? Right. You know, like, <laughs> that's the only thing I keep thinking of, is, it's like, I would spend so much time during meal prep just trying to get the meat ready to be cooked or wait, waiting to do that. And, you know, with a, with vegan cooking and baking and stuff like that, like, that's not a problem. I also love with vegan baking, since there's no dairy and no eggs, like I can eat the shit out of that cookie dough. <laughs> I, I mean, not that it ever stopped me before, but there was always that that, that, sub, that little voice in the back of my head that's like, you're going to get salmonella. Like, you're going to die from eating cookie dough because you have no self-control, Chris. And now I don't have to worry about that. I can just eat as much as I want. So nope. that's a perk. I didn't <laughs> but that's the thing that I have to watch though, is because you know it's it's I think it's a lot like the you know diet soda and you know uh, fat free or reduced fat chips and stuff like that, where I start telling myself, oh, it's okay to eat as much as I want or I can eat whatever I want because it's vegan, and that's not true. You know, like yeah. you can still definitely eat way too much fatty stuff, and especially like the the packaged foods, although. Um, shout out to thrive market because, uh, we recently got a delivery from them and found some at just like absolutely amazing. Like they have the, I can't remember what the brand is. I'll find out later, but, um, these like vegan cheddar cheese puffs that are basically like the big poofy, um, Cheetos and those things. I mean, like they taste just like Cheetos. They're addictive as crack. Like I ate an entire bag one night. Sitting in bed watching TV because those things were so freaking delicious. Um, and then I went the next day and went to Publix and bought four more bags because they carry it there. Um, so
1: <laughs> I had my first uh veggie burger on Sunday, yeah. which was
0: kinda weird.
1: Um, what, what weird. kind
0: of veggie burger was it? Was it,
1: I, I, I want to say it was soy based. Uh, okay. We ha- after church. We, we had to stop and get the dog some food, and um, and that's what you got it. Well, hear me <laughs> out. <laughs> I was in the car, like looking for like vegan and vegetarian recipes. Like it's like my new addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you on Pinterest? No, uh, we'll we'll talk about social media in a second. All right. Um, <laughs> and and Tachi and Jaylee go to get the dog food, and they come out. They're like, oh, Dad. We totally have some uh, some veggie burgers. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'm going to try one. It was delicious. It was like great. I'm like, that is totally, you know, that's steaks and burgers are two things where it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to give that up. So the burger, I can check that box off and say, I'm good. The steak I'm gonna make some recipes like uh this week I actually bought an instapot because I saw a lot of cool recipes for those things like, yeah I oh, haven't course. gone the
0: instapot I did get uh I got an air fryer recently which changed my cooking like I just uh sorry I don't mean to de- derail you you can keep going but yeah I love uh, my, I love my air fryer
1: <laughs> I've been I've been window shopping and looking for the perfect air fryer I'm buying an air fryer um uh, I've been talking about it I
0: just the, had to find BJ's has one for like setting up. It was like 70 bucks. Uh, oh, yeah. It's big, which I like, um, but it, it's been great.
1: Is it like a six-quart or a 10-quart? Uh, I want to say 10, but oh, yeah? I'd have to double-check. Okay. So, everybody, none of these are sponsors. Just- Not We're- yet but we are
0: seeking sponsorship. So if you like what we're saying about your products, feel free to send us a check. (laughs) You can make it out to the Chris and Andre show since we don't have a name for it yet.
1: (laughs) We'll take that money. We'll take that money. Um, No, I I totally like, they come out and I get the soy burger. It was great. I had on Sunday. Um, Steak, I'm going to do, saw a couple recipes on the internet and uh, definitely going to give those a a shot. Um, So
0: have you used your Instapot yet?
1: No, I just got it yesterday. Uh, okay, I uh, had a lot of good reviews. I saw a lot of great reviews about it. Uh, a lot of the vegetarian and vegan recipes I saw um, where they were basically like, oh, these will be super cool if you use an Instapot. I'm like, okay. Didn't have one. So I did it stovetop and it didn't feel right. Yeah. So
0: Plus it takes longer.
1: Uh, yeah. So yeah, it does take a hell of a lot longer. So I'm going to definitely try the Instapot route, see if I can um, – Give that you know, make that work out better for me. But it's it, like I said, man, it's it's nothing different. It's just you know, your food's got to taste good. And yeah. You, you have to you have to start with recipes. If you start with experiments, you're probably not gonna do it for very long. Man. No, I and that was like the thing for me
0: was like uh, the what ended up changing or, or kind of like getting me in that mindset of like, well, I, I, this is really interesting, and I want to see what else is out there. Was um the Buffalo cauliflower bites at Alamo draft house. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, not getting sponsorship, but I freaking love Alamo draft house. It's probably my favorite movie theater around here. Uh, They have several vegan options on their menu, um, but their Buffalo cauliflower bites are by far my favorite. Um, Somebody else that I was there with got them and suggested I try it along with their vegan ranch. And it was so flavorful. And delicious and crispy, that I was like, holy crap, this is vegan. Like this doesn't have any meat in it. And I love buffalo chicken. I hate dealing with all of those other aspects of chicken. Like the bloated
1: feeling. The
0: tendons, like all the little like chewy stuff. Like, yeah, it's just I don't know, it's like it's such a pain in the ass. So to find something like this where I was like, all right, this is healthier, you know, and like I don't have to deal with my least favorite parts of chicken. Um, I want to try making this at home. And so that's when, that's when I started doing that. Um, and, and then I made my home, my vegan ranch for the first time. And that was like, once I had those things as kind of a jumping off point, then it was like, all right, well, let me try something else. Let me try tofu in the Buffalo. And I, let me do tofu some other ways. Um, and just kind of keep building off of that. And then I got on Pinterest, I got on Instagram, I got on all these other social Uh, media platforms in order to, yeah, I know. Um, See what else was out there. And Pinterest has been super helpful because there's a lot of good boards and stuff that you can find, a lot of good recipes. Um, but, you know. I and mean, here it comes. You, well, I'm tired of social media. There, there we go. go. That's what I was really, that's the only reason <laughs> I said that was because I knew that it would get Grandpa off his rocker <laughs> shouting at clouds.
1: <laughs> Gosh, I am so tired of social media.
0: Why are you so tired of social media, Andre? It makes no sense to me. So, all right. First of all, the name is bullshit. Can we just say that? Social media, <laughs> right? Like we blame the media and yet we we call this social media, which I don't yeah, think
1: it's, it makes no sense. It's, it's just, it's insane. Like I, I'm a developer by choice. Because I, lo- I love writing. I love writing code. I hate writing words because I'm not good at it, but I, you know, every now and then I'll find myself in a blog, and I will see like a link or an advertisement. Like, so this is two prompt, Okay, I'm sick and tired of advertisements on the internet. First of all, because it's it's stripping away like the, you know, what the, what the World Wide Web was invented for. So that's like, that's above and beyond social media. And then social media is like the sore on the top of the wound. It's just it's just mindless garbage like i i don't get it i don't understand i i i don't understand the value behind it i don't understand how people can form opinions based off of just like snippets of facts i don't i don't understand how you know not to go on a political rampage but like people are so swayed by legit snippets of information it's just because three thousand people liked it it's now a thing and it's just 2,900
0: of which were bots.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just drives me. It drives me insane. I, I, oh, they got caught like the the most I do that's in a form of social media is Google news on my, on my phone. Mm -hmm. Right. So my Google feed, I'll just like, you know, if I'm cooking something or random, like I'll just scroll through. I just happen to now I, I did delete this after. I'm like, I'm no longer interested in this conversation. Uh, Nick Cannon versus Eminem. Not going to get into that, but I just saw the comments. It's like, why are people, and they're retweeting their comments. Like, who cares? Like, I really don't care. But I got sucked into this world for like 20 minutes of, you know, can Nick Cannon actually rap? No so <laughs> you know, just
0: just to end the conversation not the conversation <laughs> but the debate about that no Nick cannon can
1: wrap and that's not that's not your day job no I mean, it's just the the fact that people are tweeting about this is what people are spending their time focused on like they actually have an opinion about this it's like who cares at the end of the day I, I really don't care I, I don't care I don't care about Facebook. I don't care about Instagram. I, I got rid of Instagram like two years ago or three years ago because I almost took a picture of my food. I'm like, this is not who I am.
0: I have an entire profile dedicated to pictures of my food now.
1: Oh, I, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. Yes, <laughs> we can. Come on. <laughs> if that's going to continue.
0: No, I mean, but in fact I have, I have two separate, um, Instagram profiles that I ended up creating. Another one is just pictures from my travels. Um, but the thing that I think for me, right. Neither of those are about me personally gaining recognition, because if you go look at either of which, which I don't even remember my handle, so I'm not pimping myself out here. Um, but I don't f- feature pictures of myself or include my other, like, you know, Instagram handle or anything like it's not for self promotion. It's really more for self organization and wanting to like share some of that stuff out. Cause my, Instagram profile is private. Um, And so these ones I made public because they were things that I knew I didn't mind sharing pictures of. I mean, that's all they are. But I don't know. It's kind of cool sometimes when you post a picture of, like, you know, this delicious banana bread bunt cake that you made. And Del Monte Fresh Foods is like, wow, that looks amazing. Or. Uh, what was it, the lemon garlic orzo that I made the other day paired with this uh, Chateau Saint-Michel dry Riesling. And they were like, wow, what a pairing. I don't know. Like, It's kind of cool sometimes to interact with those brands. Uh, okay, that's, and, that's cool. And I think that that's for – but see, that's where I think like I don't disagree that what – I don't think that social media itself is the problem. I think it's the way that people use it, you know, like what it's been – kind of degraded into where you're right. Like people do waste their time on stupid petty arguments over whether or not Nick Cannon can rap or, you know, whether a dress is blue or gold, those things don't matter. And they shouldn't be the focus of our time in any way, shape or form. Um, But I think there, there is some value in having this type of platform to be able to share information You know, again, like I don't, I don't think that it's, I definitely don't think it's being used or leveraged to, it the greatest of its abilities. You know, and it's certainly not what the inventors of the World Wide Web ever envisioned. I think for, um, you know, the the end result, and and but then again, you know, we're not saying that this is the end result. We're not at the end, right? Like the internet is only 30 years old. We're still growing with it and trying to figure out how to use it. And I think there
1: is that true though, because we're, we're probably at the peak of the, so once something goes critical mass, Mm -hmm. I'm not an economist. I'm just, but I'm just saying, once something goes critical mass for most consumers make it into a utility, whether that be the radio, the television, um, and, I, and I'm old enough to remember, you know, Al Gore inventing the internet. Whatever. <laughs> I'm also old enough to remember, you know, Clinton saying, making and I'm paraphrasing here, that this is going to change people's ability to learn, right? Mm-hmm. What I've always been disappointed in is the fact that one truism is that there was never going to be a problem with access to information. Right. That, never. That was never a fear. The problem is, where do you put it in front of people's faces, right? So, the the myth and lie that a, of affordable internet and everybody having access to information, that's never been realized. Now, it's it's been impacted greatly by the you know, invention of the smartphone and that hitting critical mass of so more people have access to whatever. But the stuff we're putting in front of people's faces, if you look at any website, most websites there's advertisements galore. And I get that, well, I get that you have to make money in order to do these endeavors. I understand that. What I don't really appreciate is like if I go to, which I don't, (laughs) if I were to go to CNN, I don't want CNN to turn into a television. I don't want their website. I'm going there for news. I don't want you to sell me Carhartt like uh, jackets like I don't I really don't and now there's duality in what I'm saying they've got to be able to afford and maintain their their site so I, I understand that but it's not just that one advertisement it's like 20 right, right. like I, I don't if I wanted you know I can tune them out but I'm just real I think I have just had a point where it's like all right, that's a that's a lot it's it's like way too much yeah
0: no, I mean, I, I, uh, I agree, you know, like I think the, and it's, it's interesting to me that you still see as much, you know, display advertising as you do on the internet, because I thought we'd reached a point where people would have figured out that for a lot of us we're running ad blockers so that we're not even seeing a lot of that stuff. And for the rest of us, we've seen it for so long now that we've developed a certain blindness to a lot of it. Um, it's just not effective but I, eh, I don't know. I agree. And I don't, I, 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 especially when you apply the bastardization of social marketing platforms into, they're just advertising gimmicks, right? Right. It's another place to advertise. It's another way to gather information. It's another profile that I can use to determine which ad is going to make me the most money when I show it to you. And you know, that's, That that part of it, I definitely agree, is less than ideal, Um, and it's part of the reason that I've I've pulled back. And that's you know, I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference, but it's why I keep all of my personal like social media accounts private and stuff like that. Is because I just I don't want a bunch of bots and other random people having access to my information because they don't need it.
1: Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I don't have a solve for it, but I do think there should be some type of. There should be, uh, companies should be able to make money. I, I'm totally on board with that. There's got to be a more like responsible way to, uh, to you know, keep your business afloat. Like I'm not a big fan of like blogs now that are turning into paywalls. Like uh, one I can, I'm really tired of now is Medium. Like I used to enjoy the articles I read on Medium. And one thing I noticed is that they're doing a lot of reposting. And we're both familiar with that, so <laughs> this, I, I don't think it's really original content anymore. I think they're you know they're getting people to you know, get, giving them exposure through their platform, which is great. Sure, oh.
0: and it's fine um, to act as an aggregator, right? Like I mean, that's a service that a lot of people can appreciate. But I think you know you're one of those people who's more appreciative of going direct to the source. You don't you don't want it filtered through somebody else's view. Or, you know, it to be that medium's the one deciding whether or not it's an article that you get to see, you know, like, yeah. um, and I think to some degree it's, you know, it's funny cause I, we've talked about this before, but just in like the, the trust that we put in these digital organizations, like a Facebook, like a Google, right. Where how, I mean, nobody understands except even most of the people inside Google, probably how the search algorithm works. Right and yet there's this belief that Google is holistic in its view of websites and ultimately is just going to show the best and most accurate information at the top i mean but for all we know google's accepting you know some sort of payment on the back end outside of its direct advertising <laughs> to boost certain you know sites and I, and then it filters into this whole well once you know domain authority is established how can anybody possibly hope to, you know, take any of that away from an entrenched site like, uh, you know, like an ESPN or something like that, right. when you know ninety percent of the Google results are going to point you back to a site like that because it's been around so long and because they have a bazillion backlinks through all of their content.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that, I, but I do think that there's a. Um, I get that we're in a capitalist society and one could even say our, our global system is very capitalistic um, to some degree. Um, yeah. I mean, there's the driver,
0: you know, for the longest, for a while now of the global economy uh, being a capitalist society,
1: I'd say that's true. So I, I think that one could, you know, also, I mean, there's gotta be ways to to make the internet and we're only talking about one layer of the internet, right? So mm-hmm. that layer being the World Wide web, you know how do we get that to being more not pure because that's probably never going to happen, but more useful. Um, so I think the usefulness of the of the of the World Wide Web is it's very few and far it's very few and far between.
0: I guess uh, one question I have, just because I am personally familiar with your political leanings, um, what do you think is the best way to go about that? Because the only way that I can see is through a lot of fairly heavy regulation and enforcement of advertising practices and those sorts of things on the internet. And I'm just kind of curious to get your take on it since you're, you know, historically more conservative leaning, <laughs> shall we say.
1: So my, yeah. And you're from California. So my, my thought is pretty, and that's the uh, the cesspool that create a lot of the problems. Um, no, actually, that's not true. Here's, here's, here's what I think. I think that people are still smart enough to make decisions, right? I think that consumers have a, a, a personal responsibility to um, be good stewards of what they're purchasing and the services that, that they use. So I don't think regulation is the is the right um, is the right avenue. What companies fail, right? So. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase Jeff Bezos. He made a, a pretty accurate statement. Most companies die, not fail, but die within 50 years. Okay. And it's it's a very small percentage of companies that last longer than 100 years or, or even 50 years. And that's perfectly okay. Like, I'm not saying let's go chop up Facebook because, you know, we chopped up the bells and <laughs> guess what we have now? We have AT&T. AT&T but not only are they AT&T, but they also bought movie theaters right? So, and direct and yeah. Yeah. So they're now one of the largest communication uh, companies on the globe. Bigger than Never- Bell ever was. <laughs> <laughs> so well done. Um, you know, going after Microsoft doesn't hold true because you know, a, a successful company is going to figure like, don't penalize people for being successful. Don't empower customers to like, uh, to To lean one way or the other, let them make those decisions. If I collectively, is you know, with myself and my peer group decide that Amazon is bad, and I you know start that whole one man crusade that turns into my peer group and whatever, then you slowly pivot that away from Amazon. But that's probably not going to happen because I, I'm actually waiting on something from Amazon today. Me too. I don't think they're bad. <laughs> I think that they've just figured out a way to be very competitive, and to figure out a way to win. Yeah. Not hit. I don't think hit. I don't think they're hitting below the belt. I think other people, other companies, are just slower to um, to recognize things are changing.
0: Yeah, and so, I think you know, Amazon was one of the was in a lot of ways early adopters of some of the you know newer technologies. You know, that I think it really helped to give them that extra leg up. Um, You know, it's starting to come back to bite them, I think, a little bit now because you make so much progress when you're a small company doing those things. Once you become this large organization, you become more of a target for, you know, feedback, uh, negative feedback and pushback from especially within the organization and some of the practices and stuff in
1: terms of, you know, their employment. Yeah. but well, I'll, I'll say this like i think uh, amazon's uh inevitable move to new york the way it happened the way it played out makes sense right they were going to go through and pretty much like ruin parts of new york because it was close to manhattan close to you know it, they don't belong in Queensbridge. they're not going to hire the people from the community i, I think uh gentrification is is awful uh, it, all yeah, I mean,
0: what they're going to do is rebuild that entire area and then sell all of those houses to people, the people that they do want to hire. Right. They're not going to hire the people that already live there. I mean, that's...
1: Yeah. I, I don't think you should displace people for the sake, sake of your business. I, I believe I, I believe very strongly that, you know, when I was younger, like I'm not old, but there was this term that went about a lot in, in, in companies called social responsibility, Right. You don't hear that anymore. like right. It's
0: I, it, And it's that, you know, the obligation to the community at large, right. right, to improve the community that you are a part of. And I think what you see far more often now is a parasitic relationship with organizations, right? Like uh, at Amazon, where they're sitting there going, all right, well, which city in the United States is willing to give us the biggest tax break? Right? Where can we get the most back from this? It's not about well, where where would we have the best impact? Right? Because if that were the case, they'd be putting that place somewhere in West Virginia or somewhere in the Midwest, somewhere where there's absolutely they got dick all for jobs. You know?
1: Or or Like, let's where are the coal mines? Let's yeah. put Amazon there. Let's go find a place where it's predominant, like Ohio or whatever. Exactly. And it's so i think social responsibility it's it's um it's a term that's not used it's it's all about brand people want to be brands I'm like you're, you're a person it's your public image you're not a brand right you're still a person you're fallible let's stop let's stop playing with words and i want that's probably another topic but i you know i think i do believe that amazon's a great company and i don't want to penalize them i want them like they didn't pay taxes in 2018 again or 2019 right they won't pay tax it's like all right uh, change the tax laws like that should that shouldn't be a thing like just like figure that part out like that shouldn't be that complicated It's (laughs) it's not a left or right conversation it's the it's the correct conversation to be having and i think that both sides of the aisle are they're they're dancing around the issue the real issue is like yeah the reason why they're able to get by with that and now you want to turn them into the villain, it's because you guys play, you, you all play in the same rules. Right. You, you guys are writing the rules and you're trying to make Amazon or like breaking up Facebook doesn't fix anything. Breaking up Amazon doesn't fix anything because the rules are still in play. Right. And until you get the rules to be where they're consistent where you don't get, where a company can't move 98% of its assets to like, Copenhagen or wherever, you know, wherever Finland or wherever, and and they can dodge 98% of their taxes and only pay like 12% in these these host countries, then there you have it. You know, it's it's not going to get fixed by some imaginary trade deal between Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Well, we are neighbors, but the reason why we're fighting over tax breaks is because you want to move the factory there, as opposed to paying people like what they're, you know, what they're worth in the United States. Right. So I, I don't care what any politician tells me. It's like, you guys are, you, you're dancing around real issues. The real issue is how do you level the playing ground for people to actually, like, unfortunately sink or swim? How do you close some of the loopholes and then let the company either, figure... if Amazon or, or, or not, I don't want to pick an, if these companies didn't have the outs that they have, would they be as successful today in this in a level playing field that's a good question yeah absolutely
0: well it's one of those again where once you know once a company becomes entrenched in the market to a certain degree or or kind of establishes that dominance it's a lot easier for them to thwart off you know new challengers right um and, you know, you drop your prices and basically get by either making zero dollars or losing money for a brief period of time simply to drive your competition out of business and then take your prices right back up. Um, so it's, you know, it's just it's interesting. And that's one of the things I think in a capitalist market that you end up with, which I'm not complaining because I enjoy a lot of the benefits of a capitalist market. But um, yeah. And I think it's, you know it'll be interesting to see how things continue to play out with the different social media channels, uh, and platforms and kind of, you know, if I, cause I'm with you, like, I don't think that breaking up a Facebook or an Amazon is going to do anything. Um, you know, what you're going to have an Amazon West and an Amazon East, and they're not going to, you know, they're going to compete with each. No, obviously not. Like, and you're absolutely like the, the, The script's already been written. We've seen it with AT and T, and what's happened there. So let's not go down that road again. Let's figure out how we close the loopholes and make it so that if you're, you know, making the majority of your profit here in the United States, you ought to be paying the majority of your taxes here in the United States, regardless of where you have an office building with three employees.
1: Yeah, again, not trying. I mean, it's the system's not bad. It's just that you know the reason why. Tax attorneys have jobs, because <laughs> these guys went to school to figure out what are the loopholes, um, which is you know sad and unfortunate. Uh, and I, politics aren't a bad thing in general. It's just that you know you look at the real conversations that people are having. I, I don't think that most people, most reasonable people, have the concerns. are are talking about the concerns that politicians talk about Um,
0: there's two totally different things (laughs) (laughs) but it also i think we've and this is incredibly cynical and which is you know it is what it is but i i feel like that's part of the part of it's the point right like it's, it's part of what we've gotten to now or it's the result of what we've gotten to where I think as a society, we've kind of come to the point where we're like, well, we're going to let the politicians deal with that. But then what does that mean? That means that you literally have like a breed of people that we've deemed are fit for political office. And the rest of us are, you know, that's over my head or I don't know how I would solve that. So I don't want to get involved in it. I don't want to think about it. And I mean, I'm just as guilty of this as the next person because I once 2016 happened, I started tuning out because it was just it was depressing. Like I was having such a hard time processing a lot of that news um, without feeling just overwhelmed and kind of like lost why? Um, I don't know it just felt, everything felt wrong to me, everything seemed, it seemed like you know, I like it didn't matter what happened ultimately it was all everything was going to go down the way it was going to go down no matter what
1: okay I,
0: I don't, yeah I don't I'm not saying that's the right attitude to take on oh, no. <laughs> To be clear. I'm <laughs> saying I'm, I'm as guilty as the next person of, of not having the right conversations about yeah. this stuff. Right. And, and not being as involved as I, sh- as I probably should be, especially at my local level. Um, it's something that I would like to figure out how to become more. I'd like to spend some time getting more involved in local politics and making more of a difference there. Because ultimately, while I, you know, yes, we need leaderships at a global level we and national and state level. Uh, you know, the local stuff is what's going to directly impact me the most in the near future. And that's where I'd like to start.
1: I mean, that's I mean, um, our. our and so I'd of- like to
0: take this moment to announce my official candidacy <laughs> for president of the United States. Twenty twenty doesn't get more local than Washington, D.C. for Chris. So
1: <laughs> i are mean, yeah, running yeah. on a
0: platform of pop tarts for everyone.
1: Yeah, I, I'm confused about like, uh, you know, we talked about this. I, I'm confused about the the Democrats and what their what their plan is. And it's like, yeah, you guys <laughs> they don't me. have
0: one. Let's yeah. be honest. And th- it's because they they came into 2020 already expecting a loss. Even with everything that's gone on, they looked I mean, at 2020. I'm, I swear. And they look, well, we're probably not going to win that. So. Let's just we'll throw Bernie and and crazy Elizabeth out there, um, with you know booty sweat and <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe Beto will come through for us, you know. And and it's like no, I mean that's too soon. <laughs> Adam Schiff, you know he's gonna run. And it's like you know I I don't know, man. I I'm with you. I don't understand what the Democrats' plan are it is. Um, and I don't. I mean, it's not. It shouldn't be Joe Biden. You know? No, I, I don't think it should be Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. Like, so if you've gotten rid of those three, then who are you left with? It is it, like it's booty check, Bo- booty, booty check, <laughs> booty sweat.
1: <laughs> he just changes last note. Yeah. Now it makes sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't name. He's like booty, booty sweat. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't have. Um, i know the dogs in that race none of them i like andrew Yang um because he actually speaks english um (laughs) cory booker looks like i mean no offense i know he's from jersey but it's like yo, man you're you're trying way too hard like you're you're trying like you're saying things to impress somebody but you're already at the dance yep and i i don't i've never understood that about him like it's like he doesn't really connect with people um, I saw him on uh, Patriot Act with, uh, so shout out to, all right, let me also say, I've listened to a lot of NPR, and I'm watching a lot of- You like, still haven't changed your radio station? I am working on that. Um, a lot of progressive, liberal, like I don't like, like progressives just freak me out, liberals, ah. um, Which are worse though, progressives or liberals? I think progressives, because progressives are, are fueling Bernie and, and Elizabeth Warren, Okay. Like, I just don't agree with, like none of the, none of the things they say are actually realistic, you know. Um, that's what makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't I don't subscribe to that theory. I think you should be like, the the ideal candidate is realistic, more than likely moderate, and like honest and. All, like honesty and real, realism are they, they do play hand in hand. A moderate is should be wise enough to know that most of these things won't happen in the first four years. The least I can do is lay the, the groundwork, right? That, that's my biggest, you know. President Obama, well, like, honestly, like, that was my biggest criticism of him. Was it
0: like, was his goal of getting all of that done in four to eight years? And he
1: wasn't honest. Yeah, he he wasn't realistic, like he. Okay,
0: no, I mean you're you're absolutely right, and especially with like a, with the um, Affordable Care Act, you know, it was basically like we're gonna put this in place and everything's gonna magically be fixed. It was the it was the magic wand syndrome, right?
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think as far as like love being level-headed, hats off to the guys. A great speaker, phenomenal. Hats off. Um, I I think what, and I learned this from after I voted for Clinton twice. He lied. He did a lot of time. He spent a lot of time lying. Most
0: politicians do.
1: That's fair. (laughs) And when I was younger, it's just like, "Yo, this is totally like, sounds cool. When I got older, I'm like, how are we going to pay for that? Right. You start to read through the bullshit.
0: Yeah. it's like. And you start to, when when the hard questions start coming and somebody doesn't have an answer and they start changing the subject to something else, you start to recognize, oh, okay, they're evading because they don't know how they're going to solve that problem. And depending on what it is, maybe that's okay. But usually it's, well, how are you going to pay for this? Right?
1: Yep. If a candidate walked up today, and I think Andrew Yang has been the closest to to even do this and not talking about actual, I mean, solution based. Yes. But realistic about the fact that these are foundations, not the thousand dollars a month for everybody. I mean, that's cool. It's like a perk, but I think his, his, his message is more of like, it's more realistic and honest. Um, and it's very moderate. Like he's not saying, yeah, I'm going to go and give everybody a unicorn. That's unrealistic. He's not trying to penalize companies. Like if you start penalizing companies, where are people going to work at? Yeah. You know, um, I was actually pleased with Corey Booker for actually mention- mentioning uh, gentrification because that's actually a problem. It is. You know? It's like, we're displacing a lot of people in this country and we're acting like it's normal.
0: You look at what's happening. I mean, just in this area that we live in between Raleigh and Durham, you know, yeah. between those two cities, you know, Raleigh is clearing out uh, thousands of acres downtown so that they can put up some new high rise, you know, multimillion dollar apartment shopping complex. Um, you know, the, the freaking Durham, like let's just renovate the entire thing. What are we going to do with all these people that lived
1: here before? We don't really give a fuck. Yep. We're right. going to give $70,000 for their property yep. and have it. Yep. But and then awesome. we're
0: going to turn around and we're going to sell it for half a million dollars. Yeah. You know, when we put a uh, $150,000 into a house on top of yeah. it. Like, but that, you know, it was only worth $70,000 when they were living here. But now that they don't live here, it's worth 500000
1: But you want to penalize companies. Yep. Right. Let's penalize the municipalities that are actually more, you know. So I agree with your. Oh, there's a cat. Yeah. I, I agree with the you know start local, uh, but at the same time, the national the national stage is it's more depressing. I I think there should be term limits for every, everybody. Everybody. There that, should
0: governors, senators, state representatives. These people that are lifelong polit there should be no such thing as a lifelong politician. You should not be a career politician.
1: Yeah, it makes no sense.
0: It, that completely defeats the purpose of what the system was originally set up to do, you know.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't have the same office for twenty years. That's that's ridiculous. I think you should be at best two years, then you take a term off, and then you can run for re-election then. If people really like you because it's still the people's choice, yeah, then they can re elect you. But you gotta have a break. Yep. I totally um, agree
0: because then the chances of you Getting reelected are less you know If there's somebody else in there unless they're just doing a Terrible job or you were just really really great At your job you know yeah. but you, it's like Guy like Senator Jesse Helms You know oh. like I mean how long Did that guy stay in office just because of Where he was and the fact that he was already The elected official Yeah like it's
1: I mean, When you get those breaks you get AOC And I don't really like <laughs> I'm I'm sure her district elected her, but she shouldn't be allowed to talk in public. (laughs) (laughs) Like she's, she's on my list of people that she like have a translator at every, her and Biden, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, she should not be allowed. She says some very inflammatory things. Like when you start insulting people, like, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Like, yeah, it's great. You are who you are. You got elected. That's, fantastic but the disparaging comments the I'm better than thou like that's that's our president
0: yeah yeah I know I mean and I was reading an article the other day that was basically saying like Elizabeth Warren is the progressives version of Donald Trump you know that she will just basically get up there and say whatever it is that she wants whatever outlandish statement she will attack whoever it is that says anything against her and she doesn't back any of her statements up with any real fact or truth and so, at the end of the day, like, where's the difference? And, you know, I, uh, I I, don't know if it's quite that bad, but maybe that's just because of my personal political leanings. Chris, if the
1: person's not honest, realistic, and moderate, because you have to be honest with people. Yeah. You have to be realistic about your expectations and what can realistically get done. And you have to be able to work with different types of people. Like, you're not going to – it is okay to disagree. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I mean, but it's okay. There's, I mean, the, the last place we were together, like how many times did I hear things where it's like, wow, that's, that's amazing that you said that. Like you actually formed words to let that come out of your mouth. Yeah. And I didn't, I never, ever, ever attacked, it. like, it's okay, you're entitled, you're literally entitled to your opinion. That was the whole reason for my quest of listening to NPR, because I didn't, under. I didn't understand what where people were getting their information or, like, how they were forming their views. Yeah. Because... I didn't listen. It wasn't like I was listening to Fox news or anything because that's weird. No, um, but when,
0: yeah, if you're not getting any of that news input from anywhere or any of that information from any of your other sources, then you're not going to have this. You're not going to necessarily understand where people are coming from. It doesn't right. Like it doesn't mean that you agree with it, but you have a a foundation, right. That you can then build yeah. off of. That's one of the things that uh, just to kind of circle back a little bit to what we were talking about earlier with the internet and the, you know, making information more available that i do think i mean at least personally right um there's a lot of things that i appreciate about the just the access of information on the internet because um, i'm one of those people where i'll be watching like a tv show and they'll make some reference to something that i don't necessarily understand and i'll spend the next 45 minutes to an hour going down a rabbit hole of wikipedia links like you know, digging through trying to just understand well, what the hell is this? What are they talking about? Or like, you know, some reference to something that I'm familiar with, but that I've never really understood exactly what happened. Um, and so for that so purpose, there- I think for like doing actual research, it's pretty incredible. You know, just the, the wealth of information that's out there on just about any subject that you could possibly imagine.
1: So I'll t- so my son's name is Chris. So we were talking about this one day and I was like, you know, what, Chris, Literally, the internet—or I—I I use that term loosely—the World Wide Web—all that is is a new TV. It's just another television with more channels. Like you, you can still get the same crap as you could from a cable box, or a satellite box, or a, a direct feed into your television. Yep. Like you could have two, you could literally have two hundred channels and only watch ten. The internet, in its current shape. Social media is another channel. Basically, uh, you, you pick your favorite blog. It's another channel. If if you don't understand like the sources of the information you're getting, it's like watching like talk you know reality television all day, and then thinking that informs you on how you know normal or more consistent social interactions are right. Yeah. If that were true, then we're all in trouble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't, I don't disagree with the, the purpose or the, you know, the intent behind, you know, making the internet like the tech, the technology, the World Wide web more accessible. Yeah. I just currently disagree with like, yo, who's, who's the pro- programming director? Like,
0: <laughs> Cause his ass <laughs> needs to be
1: fired. <laughs> so, uh, well, we've we've had a good conversation Um, yeah um hopefully people that listen to this uh, no one's actually going to listen to this
0: this one's not getting published i'm just going to burn this one as soon as we're done no i'm (laughs) just kidding no this is definitely going to get put out there but it's going to have all of these like caveats and warning signs in front of it like (laughs) warning do not you know guard your children's ears before listening to no i mean i'll do i'll do a little bit of editing and stuff like that i want to listen back to it and um and see if I need to do any adjustments to the audio here and there. But it looks like things came through pretty clearly. So uh, I would say overall for our first attempt at recording a podcast, I mean, we got over an hour's worth of conversation recorded here. So there's got to be something That's- interesting in there.
1: <laughs> That's ama- it's amazing, right? Like we just had this whole like unscripted, like from the Mandalorian, which I'm still upset about. Yep. <laughs> yep. To to the deadly evil politics. Like, and hopefully we didn't offend anybody.
0: Uh, you know, if we didn't, we weren't really doing our jobs, were we? <laughs> but,
1: but I, I will tell anybody, anybody that listens to this, this is what a conversation should sound like. Basically, there, you have two different people, multiple people, multiple backgrounds, multiple points of reference for why they you know believe or think the way they think. Um, and nobody's dead. Like that we know
0: of. No, so. not the not from that was part of this conversation at least.
1: Right. No. So I, I think that that in of itself is you know.
0: And at the end of the day, the goal should be to learn something, right? Like when you're having a conversation with somebody else, try to learn something. They they most yeah. likely like everybody that you run into knows knows more about something than you do. It may not be something that's necessarily of interest to you, but they probably know more about something than you do. So <laughs> see if you can figure out what that is and learn it. And then you'll know more than they do. Or you, think about you it. Can, If you do that with every person that you meet by the end of your life, you're the smartest person you've ever
1: met. That's pretty ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> or, you can, or you can truly like just... Learn to respect the differences. Yeah. Right? That too. Um I guess. that's a simple.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining my evil plans here, Andre.
1: Oh no, that that's that's that is pretty evil. That's pretty bastardly. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm why would you want to do that it's, i've been watching too
0: many kids cartoons that's what happens when you have a six-year-old you turn into an evil villain because you watch all these kids and then it's like now as an adult you watch it and you're like man i really understand what that guy's what that guy's problem is like i the world sucks i want to burn it too he was on something. He was or he was on something one or the other <laughs>
1: Oh, we didn't even talk about sports
0: man no we didn't um they're not uh, i mean i don't know there's not that much to talk about i i won't mm-hmm. even mention the thing that i'd love to t- if you were any other carolina fan but you trust me we'd have a whole conversation <laughs> about that um but did your broncos win this weekend i can't remember oh they got crushed 28 to 3 who are you flying kc oh that's right Well, that's okay. My Chargers got their asses kicked, too, by the fucking Vikings, like 26 to 10 or something like that. At least the Seahawks won. And Mark Hill Johnson had that sweet half-court buzzer beater to beat UNCG. (laughs) (laughs) And you get state fans out here on Twitter that are like, oh, we should be top 25. I'm like, you needed a fucking buzzer beater to beat UNCG. Now, granted, it was at UNCG, but, like, Guilford County also has the highest, like, percentage of Wolfpack alumni of any county in north carolina higher than wake county
1: that's an interesting fact yeah i learned <laughs> Not that noticed.
0: learned that when i went to the uh, alumni association dinner before i attended nc state so that was also oh, okay. like 20 years ago so god knows if that information <laughs> is still accurate <laughs> i'll just assume that it is though